Two Kids and a Career is a production of Jill Divine Media. I was going to, it didn't happen, but I was going to take my girls to visit a friend of mine about six hours away and and drive. My husband wasn't going to be able to go. And I was stressing out. Like I was sweating. I sweat still thinking about it. I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, they're just in a car (laughs) and you're taking two two sets of twins on a plane. So listen, there's no, it's not like my kids are perfectly behaved and are different than other kids um, in that, you know, they're not angels on the airplane. And it's just, it is really hard, but I don't, you just have to kind of like be prepared, set your expectations low, know that like you're not going to get any sleep for like the next week because of jet lag and everything. But you just, we do it and we love it. And um, yeah, it just works. Evoke Creative is a proud sponsor of Two Kids and a Career. They help small business owners like me brand with purpose and market with intent. The ladies at Evoke Creative will help make your digital presence known. Learn more at evokecco.com. That's evokecco.com. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. Welcome to this episode of Two Kids and a Career, and I encourage you to stick around for the Supermom shout-out, and I will let you know how to nominate a Supermom in your life. I can tell you right now, this week's guest is a definite Supermom. First, let me welcome Marissa Goldstein to the podcast. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I was introduced to you last year because of this crazy pandemic that we continue to be in. And it's because of your business, Rafi Nova. You make face masks. You make more. But that was the main reason I was introduced to you. And then you just start learning more and more about your story. And I found this to be true with a lot of people and their their businesses, their small business opportunities. And then once they're able to launch. And it, the same is said pretty much from every single person that I've heard owning a small business. Like there's so much background behind it. There's so much story and grit that it's not just a business. It is something that fills your bucket. It's something that is so close to home um, with your heart and with your mind. And that's why it's so important to support our small businesses. And I, I feel that way about yours. I mean, and there's quite a story with you and the background, but do you feel that way every time you're getting an order or maybe something's not going right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think you really hit the nail on the head. Not only is it, it's not just a business. I mean, it's, it's, it's your life. And on top of that, with our business, my husband and I run it together and it's named after our children. So it like really is our life. Um, but you don't realize, well, I didn't realize before had having a consumer facing business, cause I've had some other businesses in the past, how much goes into it and how, I mean, every day, is, you know, some days you could say like every day is another fire drill, or you could say like every day is another opportunity to find a good solution. But like every day you think like our 
you know, like our company's going to burn down <laughs> not literally. Um, but you know, it, there's just so much and so many pieces and it's so time consuming, but also it's like so wonderful. Like I'll go, you know, on a run around town and just see people wearing our face masks. And it's, you know, every time I see it, I just get super giddy, like thinking, yeah, that's our brand. Those are our masks. So it's, it's very rewarding. Yes. It fuels you. Like when you have that down day and you're thinking, why am I doing this? What impact is it going to make? And then you get that message or like you said, you're out for a run and you see it and you're like, wow, wow, that's my stuff. That's what I'm doing. That's why I'm working so hard. Yeah. So actually this, the point I'm about to say, I usually add in at the end when I'm, you know, when people say like, what's some advice that you give to budding entrepreneurs or people just starting out. And I feel like it's sort of relevant for me to jump in right now and just get to it. But it's a quote my husband always says, and I always want to like remind people of it. Nothing is ever as bad as it seems and nothing's ever as great as it seems. And, you know, staying humble is and keeping your head level is key. And so, you know, some days feel like the worst day ever. And, you know, the company's not going to survive another day. And then other days you feel like you're on top of the world and then like, boom, you're hit with something. Um, so I don't know. I think those are good words to live by. Yeah, absolutely. I'm writing those down for <laughs> sure. So you said you are in this business with your husband, Adam. And the thing is, I mean, I'm blown away, first of all, that you have this business but should we tackle the two sets of twins first? <laughs> yeah, that people, that usually gets people's like ears, you know, perked up. Um, so yes, yeah, let's have, go there. We have two sets of twins, four amazing children. Um, our older twins are identical girls named Noah and Ava, and they are five. And then our younger twins are fraternal boy girl, and they'll be three um, next month. And what are their names? Sorry. <laughs> See, I have mom brain all the time. Uh, you know, I just forget about that. No, I'm just kidding. Their, their names are Effie and Raya. And so Rafi Nova is named after Raya, Effie, Noah, and Ava. It's It puts their names together. Um, and actually, our first set of twins, Ava and Noah, went to over 20 countries before they were out of diapers. Wow. Like, I'm scared to even just travel with a two and a four-year-old. <laughs> and COVID is ruining our, um, you know, keeping our stats on track for the next set of twins because, uh, you know, they, they aren't able to have as many stamps yet. And they're just getting out of diapers um, because we haven't been able to travel the past year. But I have no doubt that their passport will get filled soon. Okay. So we we got to back up. We got to talk about you. We got to talk about your husband. Like, what's the story? <laughs> and then we'll get to the, the four kids. <laughs> Wait, the story before the kids or with the kids? Yeah, both. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I start? Um, no, my husband and I, um, we we actually, he went to my senior prom. We went to different schools. So we've been together for a really long time and we've been married for 12 years. Um, but we always had a love of traveling like many do. And um, both of us, like throughout uh, childhood, we were raised to be, you know, very worldly and very philanthropic. Um, and both of us went on, you know, all the trips that you could imagine through um, like school programs, you know, whenever you had like a school trip or like a nonprofit, like a service trip, we all both always took full advantage of that. Um, and when we got married, we decided like traveling would be a big part of, of us. Um, and so, you know, we would save all our money for traveling and we would also travel like very inexpensively. So we would find ways to do it on, on, on a, on a very strict budget. 
Um, but we love traveling. We love like going off the beaten path and, and really like getting, you know, as much as you can getting to know the community around you. And that's sort of kind of cliche because you can't always do that on like a two week trip. But we, we worked really hard to go to places where we could try and like be really immersed in the local culture. Um, so that was always like a huge um I don't know, point, uh, love of ours. Um, and then we got pregnant with our first set of twins and everyone said, you know, you guys aren't going to travel anymore. And we said, yeah, right. And uh, I remember when my girls were 10 days old, we got their birth certificate in the mail and I ran to the post office with them and we, we took pictures for their passport photos. I remember like you had to fully hold their head up because they were literally premature 10, 10 day old twins. Um, so we started traveling, I think when they were six weeks, I got, I got the doctor to give them vaccinations like a week early. Um, and yeah, we, we didn't stop from there. Um, my husband and I, um, we were in different businesses. I was mostly in marketing and PR. He was in manufacturing. Um, and around, I don't know, 2013, I convinced him to go off on his own and start his own manufacturing and sourcing agency, which I then joined him. Um, and so starting in 2015, we ran a company and we still do called Tim Rune and we help us companies make really good products in Vietnam. And this, we did, we purposely picked Vietnam because we love Southeast Asia. We fell in love with Vietnam and this allowed us to live in Vietnam. So for the past five or so years, we've lived between Ho Chi Minh City and Boston. Uh, like still, you still do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we came back January 29th, 2020 to launch oh. Rafi Nova and because COVID was spreading. Um, we haven't been able to travel since. We've not gone on an airplane since January 29th, but both sets of twins spent half half their life, you know, about six months out of the year. We're in Vietnam and six months in Boston. I can tell you that the plane ride is not fun, but <laughs> there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, once we're there, you know, we, we love it. I mean, I seriously, I was... I was going to, it didn't happen, but I was going to take my girls to visit a friend of mine about six hours away and, and drive. My husband wasn't going to be able to go. And I was stressing out. Like I was sweating. I sweat still thinking about it. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, they're just in a car <laughs> and you're taking two, two sets of twins on yeah. a plane. So Listen, there's no, it's not like my kids are perfectly behaved and are different than other kids um, in that, you know, they're not angels on the airplane. And it's just, it is really hard, but I don't, you just have to kind of like, be prepared, set your expectations low, know that like, you're not going to get any sleep for like the next week because of jet lag and everything. But you just we do it and we love it. And um, yeah, it just works. Well, I, um, I want to get back to Vietnam. But one of the things that you said, about traveling, I try to, it's probably more as I get older, like not have any regrets, but I, I do regret not traveling more when I was younger. It is something that I think about uh, that the opportunity was in front of my face so many times and I didn't take it. And so there are becoming more options for even high schoolers and of course, college kids to do this amazing thing to travel the world and see it. And I 100% like I will tell my girls, if that's something that you're interested in, do it because I think it's so important. It's the best education and the best way I think to shape who you are. Um, and it's funny because living overseas in Vietnam, we live in a big expat community and there's not that many Americans, but all the Europeans and the Australians, they all, it's like part of their DNA is like, of course you travel. Like, you know, <laughs> Americans, I don't know, there's like, or there was like a stigma around, you know, if, oh, you're just going to like, 
quit your job or take a leave of absence and travel around like like that's you know, right. uh, is something that that you shouldn't be doing. Um, and the other thing is, like, there's ways to do it um, in a financially responsible way. Like, when we're traveling, like, we are not staying at the Ritz. I mean, I would love to do that at some points of the trips, but once you get over the cost of airfare, especially in Southeast Asia, I mean, we we stay at homestays and like h- hostel type places that are still clean for like thirty dollars a night. Um, so it also depends on where you're going. I mean, this isn't like Paris where it's like super expensive. It's Southeast Asia, but you don't have to spend a lot of money. You just, you need the time to be able to do it. Are you going to like put together a travel blog too? Because it sounds (laughs) like that that's something that you would be so good at doing. We have a blog, um, on twins on the go x2.com, but it, uh, it's been hard to keep up with because we're (laughs) so busy. Um, but what I try to put there is like tips and tricks of traveling with, toddlers and gear and and that kind of stuff to get you better prepared. But what I often write about is that less is more. And the more stuff you have, the the harder it is to get around. So just take what you, you know, the essentials and and make essentials. Vietnam, I hear is just beautiful. And it's, and I don't know if this is an accurate statement, but what you were saying before about Americans and just thinking about quitting your job and traveling or going to some of these different places that I don't know, maybe have um, a stigma attached to them. So, I mean, you can't deny the Vietnam War talking about that, like how some Americans may not want to visit because they just associate that with war. And I've learned like in my just different people that I've talked to and stuff like we are missing out if we keep that kind of mindset. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like with that, with their, with their certain places that are beautiful and we should be visiting, but they have some sort of connotation behind them or yeah absolutely I think I don't want to say we're past that like you can't you can't forget the war and what happened and I was not alive at that time um but obviously um but I think especially Vietnam it's much more uh Americans are are in my mind like very open to going there I think there's other places in the world right now like I had spent a lot of time in Myanmar and and um because of um everything that's going on there like a lot of people won't necessarily travel over there which I understand but especially where we were living in Vietnam is in southern Vietnam in Ho Chi Minh City also known as Saigon and they were you know we don't have to get into all politics and stuff but it was pretty pro-American um in the in the southern region okay that's good. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, actually, you know the same individual. Uh, this is how we got connected, but she's living in Costa Rica right now. Yeah, right? and I think Shout out to Jen, pretty, yes. pretty awesome. I think she just did it, and and I'm I applaud her, and I'm jealous. Um, uh, same. And I was talking to someone about this, and I said, you know, she's there, and I mean, I, I can't believe it, and I just I love it, and it petrify terrifies me at the same time and she said you know i think especially with the pandemic a lot of these places that were getting uh tourists aren't getting them and i think she was telling me that there's different places like i, th- I think barbados she told me um they are offering these like one-year visas so that americans can go there and explore and work and oh my yeah. god I heard of Thailand doing this too. Like they're offering, they're turning resorts into like two week quarantine um, places and then, you know, trying to get tourists. But yeah, I think we 
forget, maybe we don't forget, um, but all the places that are used to, you know, surviving on tourism and, and how they're not, they're not getting that right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I would do anything to be back in Vietnam right now. Actually, Vietnam, I think has not had a COVID case in something like three or four months. And all my friends that are there, you know, they were in quote lockdown from I don't know, January through like April of last year. And then since then, um, they, you know, everything's open. They have, you know, booming social lives. They, they just can't leave Vietnam and enter back in, which is why okay. they've been able to control it because the borders are locked. Before I continue my conversation with Marissa, I want to take a minute and tell you about one of the sponsors of the podcast, Evoke Creative. So a lot of people I've talked to on the podcast in the last six months or so, they've talked about how they had to make a complete pivot with their business because of the pandemic. And one thing that they needed to do was get the word out. And social media happened to be one of those things. Well, I will tell you that the social media game is a crazy game to play. And I mean, a lot of people may realize about the algorithms and how posting certain times or liking certain things or commenting on certain things will get your business noticed. But some people don't. Some people don't have time to figure all that out. Well, at Evoke Creative, the women there, they can do that for you. They can help with your social media strategy. They can help create a beautiful website for you. That's who created my website, jilldevine.com. And they can also come up with a business plan for you. Maybe you have that website that's just beautiful and you don't need to do anything with it. Well, the ladies at Evoke Creative can say, all right, you love that website. It's great. Perfect. Let's get you to capitalize uh, on that a little bit more. And then they'll give you these different strategies. They're great for small business owners. I highly encourage you to check them out. EvokeCCO.com, EvokeCCO.com. And again, they're the ones that did my website. So you can see an example right now, JillDevine.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Marissa. So what do you think you're, I mean, uh, well, I guess you don't know because you can't enter because... So I can't enter. I'm sure like we could find a way to enter through, you know, work stuff, but you have to do a two-week quarantine in a specialized, like approved facility, which is sometimes hotels. Um, but I can't imagine being literally stuck inside like a one-room hotel with my four children oh. for two weeks. You can't go outside. You can't open the windows, like nothing. Um, that scares me. So I don't yeah. know what's going to happen. And then I was thinking, you know, we could go back this fall because the, you know, the vaccine will be out. But now I'm thinking that kids probably won't get vaccinated for quite some time. And therefore, places like Vietnam would not allow us to come without like full vaccination. So oh. honestly, I don't know. But we do have a booming business here right now in the Boston area that we, you know, we need to be present at, um, which is exciting. Um, obviously, we just talked about <laughs> every day is like a craziness. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm trying to kind of stay present and and be happy with with where we are right now, which I am happy. There you go. That I mean, that says it for you right now. If you maybe you wouldn't be able to sustain the lifestyle if you were able or if, if you could still go to Vietnam. So you're needed right now in Boston to take care of your business. So, I mean, <laughs> it is booming because everybody needs masks, right? Yeah. I mean, 
talk me through that. Yeah. Let me just tell you a little about that. And also, and we don't have to get too much into business. You can, you know, push back on me if I go too detailed, but (laughs) um, what's interesting is that we really developed a company. We pivoted around a pandemic and now we need to start thinking about post COVID, but we've really built this company up and we now have 34 employees. Um, So yeah, it's pretty crazy to figure out, you know, what's coming next, but let me just tell you quickly a little bit about Rafi Nova. So Rafi Nova is a socially conscious lifestyle brand. And our mission from the start was to get families to get out, uh, you know, go out, enjoy like everyday adventures, like not necessarily getting on an airplane to Vietnam, but just everyday adventures and empowering them to connect with those around them and to have fun and to do more good. Um, And what happened was we launched in February of 2020, which is the worst time I think in the history of the world to launch a travel accessories company. And three weeks later, we pivoted and we started making masks and we started actually making masks out of a sense of service. So in Vietnam, we've been wearing masks for the past five years because of the air pollution. So we knew what it took to wear, to, to make a good mask. To, we knew what a good mask felt like, what kids would like to, you know, what, what they like in certain masks. And so at the beginning of the pandemic, we called up our partner factories, which are really like our family in Vietnam, because we're used to being with them every single day, because um, that's what our main business was, manufacturing and sourcing. And they were hurting because everyone was canceling all their orders. Um, and this was this was our bag factory where we were making the products for Rafi Nova. And we called them up and we said, you know, listen, we think there's going to be a big need for masks. Do you think you can switch your production lines from making bags to making masks? And they said, absolutely. And, you know, we had a proto type the next day. And we started a crowdfunding campaign to donate 10,000 masks to um, frontliners. And within a few days, people were begging to sell you know, to the general public. So we just put it on our, web- in our, on our website on a whim, posted in our local Facebook group saying, we have masks, they're going to be available you know, five days from now. And the next morning, we had $25,000 in sales. Crazy. And, you know, we were working from our little home office. We had no employees and we were like, this is awesome. And then we were like, how are we going to fulfill all these orders? (laughs) What are we going to (laughs) do? So (laughs) um, we started working out of, uh, we have a single car garage at our house, but my parents down the street have a three car garage with a heater inside. So we made them take all their stuff out of their garage and we set up like a fulfillment station inside their garage because it was cold. It was April and it was still cold in Boston. Um, And we found all all these local college kids who were home from college because they were all sent home. Um, and we just, you know, started paying them hourly or we had volunteers and we were just packing orders like every hour of the day um, while managing our kids who were also home from school who couldn't see the grandparents. It was very, very crazy, but we made it work. <laughs> well, how crazy, and I, I don't know what, what your faith is, but I God put you in Vietnam to experience the mask situation so that you would know exactly what was needed here. Like that's just. Actually, let me just interrupt you on that. So it wasn't that what, where the stars aligned was that for the past, you know, five, six, seven years, we've been working in sourcing and manufacturing in Vietnam. And so we had all the factory relationships and like I said, they were like second family to us. They are family to us. And so no, not many other people like on March 28th could call up a factory in Vietnam and say, hey, uh, can you switch your production lines to make masks and then have the logistics to like get it stateside, like in our hands five days later. And that's because 
of all the work, you know, we put in the previous years. But uh, you asked about faith. I think, you know, when I found out I was having twins again, my mom <laughs> said to me, you know what, God only gives you things that you can handle, you got this. <laughs> and yeah, it's true. Um, you know, I think things are things are meant to be to many degrees. And, and you, you, you take what's in front of you and you do your best. Um, and, and most of the time you, you make it work. I, I, can only imagine what it would have been like to be a fly on the wall when you... <laughs> there was a lot of profanity and swear words going on in the nurse. <laughs> you know, we went in and um, what's the person called who takes your, uh, who does the ultrasound? The, uh, oh, the tech, uh, just the, uh, the... Yeah, we'll just go with tech. Yeah. I don't know. I forget the word. So I went in there and I was eight weeks pregnant the second time. And I was like, so I think I'm having twins again. I just have a feeling. And she's like, no, honey, I've been doing this for 20 years. Like that doesn't happen. And I was like, I really think <laughs> there's twins in there. And they put they put it on my belly I look up at the screen and there's two circles and my husband and I were both like ah and we were so <laughs> mad and we remember leaving there and we're like did they have heartbeats like did we you know we didn't pay attention to anything um and at first we were you know we were actually a little angry which sounds horrible and I you know and I, I feel bad even saying that because there's so many no. people out there struggling with infertility but you know having one set of twins and finding out you're having another set of twins it's a very big life change um so after that we embrace that this is what's meant to be and we're doing it and you know we just wanted healthy babies and yeah so that's what but- we're done I'm yes, I'm still just, like four kids. Yeah, okay, that's crazy. But then it's two set of twins, and um, uh, yeah, let's yeah. Actually, wait. When I was when we, we when we were eight weeks pregnant, after we found out, I was like, so uh, can I still go back to Vietnam? Like in the middle of the pregnancy, I knew I wanted to deliver in the U.S. because they didn't want to deliver twins in Vietnam. But I could they 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 approved me to go to Vietnam between eighteen weeks and twenty nine weeks, and they told me like exactly twenty nine weeks you need to be home. And so exactly on the day I was twenty nine weeks pregnant, we were back in Boston. You're like, okay, I'll follow the rules. <laughs> so three girls, how's the boy do? Like, I mean, is oh, he just like... He went to school today with um the girls, like sequins mask, uh, <laughs> unicorn headband, and like their, you know, pink light up shoes. And my husband's like, why is he wearing this? And I'm like, he has three sisters. He's fine. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. I love yeah. that so much. Well, what about the kiddos... And even being a parent, I know being a parent to two sets of twins is just a whole nother thing, but has surprised you or the struggle that you may be facing that you weren't sure that that would even be a, a thing? Great question. I mean, I think what I've, first of all, I'm, I'm not a perfect parent and I do a lot of things wrong. Um, and it's, you know, I'm learning just like everybody else. Uh, my Same. kids, you know, have a tremendous amount of screen time. They eat so much junk food. Um, I mean, the list goes on, but I know I'm also a good parent in many other ways. And I think, you know, when you have happy kids that are healthy, like you're, you're doing, you're doing something right. Um, but what I've learned is that kids are just so resilient and, you know, I have, as a parent, you have fears every day, you know, if uh, everything you can think of, um, especially with traveling, of course, there's fears about so many different things, but kids are just so adaptable. Um, even with mask wearing, like I think, you know, when, when the schools were opening again, parents were freaking out about, are their kids going to wear masks? How are they going to keep them on? This is sort of like an analogy to kind of show how I think they're so resilient. And at least my kids and the kids in their class, like it was no issue. Kids just wore masks and kept them on all day and they still do. And it's like the parents who are just like whining and, you know, and, and I just, I don't know, kids are, it's just so fun to like see the world through their eyes. Um, 
and and they're just like constant reminders to just be good and and do good and be kind and I don't think I answered your question. <laughs> no, you did. It made me think too because there there is this when you you try to protect your child and you think about all their needs but then you also know that they need to hurt in order to experience and you know before having kids obviously I was like, yeah, you know, these we can't shelter kids and we and now that I'm a mom, I'm like, I don't ever want to see my kids hurt. And right. it's just, it's hard because, it, and it's also funny to think about some of the things that I thought I would be so super overprotective of and that I'm not. Like, I, I don't know, I'm not constantly, I thought that maybe I would be constantly watching every single move so that they wouldn't get hurt and there was... that game off on that one because you could be by their side and they're just walking next to you and they fall and bust their lip. So there's been a lot of things that have surprised me as far as the overprotectiveness. I think I'm more overprotective on the emotional, um, mental aspect of things. And I can't control that at all. Like that's just, I can't. All I can do is continue to let them both know how much I love them and mm-hmm. that they're safe. And uh, from there, I mean, I just am like, I hope I'm not screwing them up. I hope I'm not screwing them yeah, up. <laughs> yeah, um, I completely agree. And I'm in the same boat with the same mindset. And I find it so interesting. Like my oldest one's just turned five. So obviously still pretty young, but just like what they absorb and what they see and what they retain it's like so amazing. Like they're so smart. And, yes. like, you know, I say things in past and I don't think they catch on to and like they do and they hear everything. Um, and they're so open. Like this is probably a weird example, but I was hooked on Shit's Creek like, I don't know, a month or two ago. And I actually watched it like with them, which actually I think it's it's an okay show to do so. Um, but David was like making out with his boyfriend or I forget who was the fiance at the time. And I guess we've not really talked to our, they, our kids have never seen like two men making out. I guess that's, probably uh, I should have maybe exposed that to them earlier. I'm not exactly sure, but they were like, mommy, why is there a boy kissing a boy? And I was like, oh, let me explain it to you. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. So I might marry my friend, you know, Victoria down the street. And I was like, great. Um, but you know, it's just like, it's, they, they're, I don't know. I just love it. I love like witnessing, you know, them seeing things for the first time. Yeah. That, well, and like, that's the thing too. You think that maybe when you see something that might be a little bit shocking or, whatever that they're going to be shocked and they're not they're just like like you said they're just like hey that's another thing or whatever and and to answer the question and not dodge it i think is super important i mean i know maybe some questions might be uncomfortable for me but i have to make sure that i am not uncomfortable answering them and that i'm answering them because i i don't want i i want them to hear some things from me and from their father and be able to come to us and just, yeah. And I think that's a generation thing too. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know how to answer certain questions, even like, like things like, why is the sky blue mom? You know? And I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I'm going to get back to you on that one. And then I try and find me. Like I don't just, I try not to just make things up unless like, it's okay to make it up in that situation, in that scenario. But I, I like actually tell them I'm going to get back. I'm like, I actually don't know that I'm going to get back to you. On yeah. That. 
Yeah, that's that's good. Like I do that in my professional life too. I don't know. I used to try to like <laughs> lie and get through it. And now I'm like, oh, you get nervous that you don't know. But now it's okay to yeah. think, just like be honest. Like you know what? I actually don't know that answer. It's a really good question. I'm gonna get back to you on that. Tell me again the website. Uh, I know you said that you're not able to update it as much, but there's some great resources <laughs> there. So our website is our personal website is Twins on the Go X Two. And we have a blog on there that, like I said, is not that updated, but I do spend a lot of time on our Instagram account, which is the same name as that URL, Twins on the Go X2. And my whole goal behind our Instagram account is to show families that if we can do this, you can do it too. So we're always, you know, actually our whole like get out and go thing is really comes from me being terrified, like being home with four children and having to come up with activities where I actually find it easier to be out and to be traveling because yes, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. And there's a lot of stuff you have to just like figure out on the fly, but I feel like I'm good at kind of like improvising and figuring things out on the fly. And and I, I love that, like when we're traveling, it's like, it's like an all day thing. And there's just, you know, you come up with things to do, whereas I'm not a great teacher. Like I was never good at, I don't know, being an Same. actual teacher. And so <laughs> it's terrifying for me to think of like, okay, I'm going to go on Pinterest and come up with these art activities that you're going to spend one minute on and then like make a mess and I'm going to get frustrated. Yes. So I love like being out and about. Um, and my kids, I've trained them like to love the stroller or love the carrier. Even my five-year-olds, like we have a quad stroller and we just go. But, um, what I want to show on my account is that like, if we can do this with four toddlers, like you can do it too. And, you know, yes, the first time is scary. Like the first time you breastfeed in public or the first time you take your child to the supermarket, whatever it is. Um, I mean, we're dealing with different issues now during COVID, of course, but just get out there and do it and you'll learn it and like then keep on going. And so that's like what I want to inspire to show. I remember when I was on maternity leave with my oldest, she's four, uh, there I did. I took her a lot of places and I wasn't definitely comfortable with it, but I remember somebody saying something like, oh man, she's always on the go for such a little age. And I said- Like in a negative way or a positive um, way? I don't know. I don't really know. I could have maybe interpreted it in a negative way. But what it, I had said was, I, I wrote this blog piece about it that in response to that, or if there if there was something negative, that I had to start preparing myself for what life was going to look like when I went back to work. Like I needed to know- how long it was going to take me to get myself ready, how long it would take me to get her ready, how long it would take to get in the car, to unbuckle, to get this, get that, because that's like a whole other animal right there. Like you have to budget time for all that stuff. And so I was trying to train myself how to be more confident in it and and not be scared. And I mean, I, I felt better about going places because I did know how to carry that pumpkin seat or I did know how to pack the diaper bag because you you do you have you, to practice you confidence as you do it and so you just need to do it <laughs> amen to that you just need to do it before we wrap up I want to talk a little bit more about I mean I know that you're like no we don't need to talk about the whole business thing but Rafi Nova yeah. is yeah. more than just a business I mean you can tell the passion behind it you can tell that this isn't just about dollars to you and I want again you said you made the pivot but you are offering masks that people can I mean they're just supporting you they're supporting so many other people um 
we're going to need masks for a while. So can you just talk a little bit about where people go to see the products and a little bit more about the products? Yeah, absolutely. So our website is rafinova.com, R-A-F-I-N-O-V-A.com. As I mentioned, we started out as a bag company um, and we pivoted to masks, but our mission has stayed the same. And what's been really interesting in this mask journey, which started, uh, I think, officially on April 3rd, is that we don't just make high quality you know, three-ply cotton masks. We make those and, and we make great ones of that. But our whole like being, our whole like brand DNA is about impact. And how, you know, every day when I'm in the office with our team, I'm thinking like, I, I literally ask the questions out loud, okay, well, how can we help more? How can we donate more? How can we make more of an impact? And that's what's most important to me. So when we first started, we donated a mask to a frontliner for every order. And we donated like a lot of masks um, to frontliners. And then we decided we would come out with different masks. Like we would have, you know, a pride ma- mask. We would have a breast cancer awareness mask. Um, then beyond that, we, we, we saw that there were a lot of people that were left out of the mask, uh, being able to wear a mask. So one group in particular is the deaf and hard of hearing. So they rely on reading lips and they can't literally can't go out in society and function and be in a, have other people in a cloth mask where they can't read their lips. So we came out with a clear panel mask um, in June. And, and the whole idea was that it was for the deaf and hard of hearing community, which I didn't know was that there are so many others that could benefit from a clear panel mask. And so teachers started and yep. speech pathologists started seeing this and they started posting about it on Facebook and it went viral. And I think we've sold over 300,000 clear panel masks um, to school systems, to, you know, speech and language pathologists, to hospitals, um, you name it. And actually, in in about two weeks, we're launching a new sensory-friendly mask, which we partnered with an incredible organization that um, helps kids and adults with uh, all different kinds of disabilities. Um, And we created a sensory-friendly mask, which I think is also going to be like super impactful. And it's going to help so many kids and adults out there who can't keep a mask on because of the seams or the feeling or it touching their face, um, variety of things, which we've addressed with this mask. And so our whole thing is about how can we make more of an impact? Um, and yes, we're considered a mask company right now, but the future of Rafi Nova is not masks. Um, it's products that get families out in a safe way and get them to connect and get them to do good. Um, and, you know, we think masks masks really just kind of gave us our, our legs and our footing. Um, and it's just the beginning for Rafi Nova. And I'm super proud of the team that we've built. And a lot of that's come from networking um, associations that I'm part of, like Hey Mama is one of them. And what what I learned early on is like when you have some money, like when you, when you make, when you have revenue in a business, you have to reinvest that right away and you have to hire really good people. So right away we hired a a publicist. Um, We hired a digital marketing agency. We did our first hires of employees and, and you have to have a team, like you can't do it on your own. And it's really, it's the team. um, And it's the impact. Like, do something that helps people and that makes an impact. And I think that's what gets you out of bed every day. And that's what gets you, you know, when you're not with your, you know, it's like, you're, it's crazy. You have your kids are take up so much of your time and your business and there's no much time for you. Um, But so you have to be doing something that you're passionate about. And so I guess that's, that's my unsolicited advice that you did not ask for, but uh, you know, I think you need to do something that gets you excited. And that's how I feel about this podcast. And that is something that has made a pivot too, is whenever um, a business situation would come up with a guest, I'm like, well, I don't really know if I want the 
I, I don't, I want to just have these conversations that, about mom stuff. And then it was like, what are you talking about? There are so many things that are out there. Like I love supporting the community. I love shopping small. I love doing that kind of stuff because like we said at the very beginning of this episode, how much that fuels you. And so then I started realizing, wow, there are so many businesses. I'm not saying that my platform is making a huge difference, but if one person can hear it and love it and support you, then it starts to come full circle. And that's, that's why I was like, okay, I I want these amazing stories, just stories. That's what's it about, what it's about stories and testimony. And, and that's why I love people like you and like your business. Thank you. And I love talking with you and I, I, I love your podcast and I think it's so important what you're doing is sharing these stories. So thank you for doing that. All right, it is time for this week's Supermom shout-out, and it's going to Jessica of St. Louis from Deb. Deb says Jessica is a friend and a rising photographer. She's a single mom of a teenage daughter with epilepsy. She is self-made and self-taught and truly a fighter and hard worker. She has maintained a home daycare for years and recently took up photography as a hobby. She is now retiring her home daycare and launching her full-time photography career as she has done so well with it. You can find her online, jsphotographystl.net. She also does quite a bit of volunteer work for On Angel's Wings. Guess what, Jessica? I see you and I support you. Congratulations on being an entrepreneur and a small business owner. Now, if you have a nomination like Deb did and you want me to shout out a super mom, all you have to do is email me hello at jilldevine.com. Tell me her name, where she's from, and a little bit as to why you're nominating her. It's that easy. And I want to thank you for supporting Two Kids in a Career. You can follow me on Instagram at Jill Divine, also on Facebook at Jill Divine Media, and Twitter at Jill Divine Radio. I know lots of different social media handles, so just go to jilldevine.com because the way to connect, everything is right there for you. You can also give me your email address to get into the email list. I promise I only send out monthly emails, maybe two times a month. I I don't like to clutter up your inbox, but this will be the opportunity for you to learn about some things before people hear about it on social media. So you can do that by visiting jilldevine.com. And as always, thank you for supporting two kids and a career.